Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. I am delighted to welcome Steve Applebaum to the show. We've talked about dog training before. He's the CEO of the Animal Behavior College and has a lifetime of training dogs. But he's the guy that thinks you can train cats. I don't disagree, but I'll bet lots of people think he's nuts. Steve, good for you. Training cats, great idea. Great idea, but how do you go about that when cats are just that little? They're not little dogs. Let's put it that way. No, they're they're not little dogs. But you go about training cats in some respects not that differently than you go about training dogs. But really? here's the thing: a, a lot of times when people think hear cat training, because a, a lot of people's associations with the word training are connected to dogs. The image they they then try to transpose onto cats doesn't always make sense. So when we talk about dog training, we're talking about teaching them to listen to obedience cues, to walk properly on a leash, to sit, to stay, to come, to lay down, that kind of stuff, as well as dealing with common behavioral challenges, digging, chewing, barking, jumping over fences, stealing food out of trash. With, With cats, we're less concerned about cues, although certainly anybody that has a cat should really invest some time into teaching Kitty to come when called because that can be a lifesaver yes. and it's really just and quite it's fun handy. too. It's hilarious. And it is fun. It is fun, and they can absolutely learn it. Um, but with with cat training, it's really less about cues and more about behavior modification. That is dealing with normal but at times exasperating or pesky behavioral challenges that cats can engage in. So, for example teaching them to go in the litter box as opposed to all over the place or teaching them not to scratch on the furniture, but to scratch on a scratching post. Right. And in in that respect, it really isn't that different than working with dogs with it, it, with both. You deal with environmental factors. So I can't tell you how many times I've spoken with people that say to me, okay, my, 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 my cat is scratching up my couch. Okay, and, and I don't know what to do, and it's expensive. I mean, you know, the, the reupholstering a couch can be hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. So I love my kitty, but what am I supposed to do? And so the first thing that you ask is, okay, so it's a normal behavior for cats to scratch. Um, do you have a scratching post? 
And I would say probably 70% of the time, the pet parent will say, yes, I do. Okay, well, what's it made out of? And I would say at least 70% of the time, the cat post that they've given the kitty is made out of like carpet or some sort of, you know, soft fabric. Because that's what the store sells. I mean, sure. And they don't know any better. (laughs) But meanwhile, the sofa (laughs) wasn't made out of carpet. But the sofa is made out of a soft fabric. Right, exactly. So essentially what you're doing is you're you're saying to the cat, scratch on this fabric, but don't scratch on that one. So you're, it's, it's just, it's a little bit of a mixed message in that it's, it's almost identical to what you'd run into in dogs. I would get dog people that would say the same thing. My cat is chewing up my shoes. Okay. You meant dog. You said cat, but but you meant dog. Well, no, I said dogs and I said dogs for a reason. No, you said and when cat. I would ask it them, doesn't matter. You said oh, cat. I, I just sorry. want to be clear because we're sorry. talking to cat owners. So in, in a way, I don't want to make I don't want to make the, the whole conversation be about dogs and cats and the difference between them. Cat owners, when they hear this list of behaviors of dogs, they think, why would anybody want a dog? I mean, you know, <laughs> jumping up, jumping over the fence, jumping on people, getting in the trash. It re- Really, the question is, what is it in our relationship with cats and our communication with them that gets them to do what we want because we know they aren't driven by wanting to please us. It's not who they are. So I would say the biggest one, uh, to me, litter box is very simple. It isn't training a cat to go in the litter box. It's offering a well-positioned litter box that's the right size for the cat that in my case, I believe should have Dr. Elsie's one of their many litters in it because those attract cats and they don't they don't drive them away from the box. Having enough boxes if you have multiple cats, that isn't really cat training. That's creating a cat appropriate environment. But cats begging at the dinner table, probably a human created problem. But more importantly, jumping up on counters and jumping up on wherever you don't want them to jump up on. That is a training issue or waiting patiently for dinner instead of meowing and freaking out if there's multiple cats. How do you do that one? Well, I would, I would argue that in actuality, what you described for, for setting up the environment for a litter box is training. Anything in which you change the environment to, to modify a behavior okay. is, is, is a form of training. And that's what a lot of this really boils down to. I mean, the things you just said escape a lot of people. They don't realize, for example, that if you have multiple cats, you may need to have, you will need to have multiple litter boxes. Okay. It's, it's, it's very obvious to people that know, but not always obvious to people that sure don't. Sure enough. That's it's, true. It's, it's the same thing with, the, with, with litter. I can't tell you how many times I've run into people that changing the litter is it's usually just a matter of whatever's available at the store. Okay, and they don't and they don't they don't necessarily think that some cats have a preference to certain types of litter. And so they can't understand why they get an inconsistent response with the litter box and they don't necessarily connect it to the litter. Okay, and when you mention this to people, a lot of them get this light bulb moment followed by this kind of sheepish look like, oh, I I guess I should have thought of that. Okay, it's 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 only common sense. It's only it is. On the other hand, you you have to put yourself in a cat's paws, which isn't that easy to do. I mean, you know, empathy is one thing, but actually cross species physical empathy is is a different one. One of the things that I learned early on, which is why I made this connection with Dr. Elsie's early on in my career as a pet, you know, expert, is that he's a feline only veterinarian. 
And right. their main concern, because he's an incredibly compassionate human being, not just veterinarian, was that many, many cats are thrown out the door, i.e. to their death on some level, or taken to a shelter where many of them are euthanized because there's too many of them, because they won't use the litter box. And the people think, oh, I got a cat that's broken. It won't use the litter box. But they're using a litter. You say whatever's available at the store, but often it's whatever was advertised. They saw an advertisement for people. Oh, it's fresh this, or it's frisky that, or it's got wonderful lemon smell that cats hate, or any of this minty smells, whatever masking smells are put on for humans, cats cannot stand. So A, it's got a bad smell, or then there's the paw feel. We talk about mouth feel in food, right? The paw right. feel, there's people using really harsh litters, or they don't, they, they just aren't right. comfortable for that cat. And you're right, people don't think, well, what if it's the litter? Or what if, hey, Steve, how about cleaning the litter box twice a day? Hello. Right. And That's washing right. it once a week, people are like, what? Yeah, empty it. Wash that sucker. If you want, put it in your recycle bin, buy another under bed box. You don't need a fancy litter box. Right. You need the right but amount what about of litter. Low wall litter. What low walled litter boxes yes. for all older arthritic Definitely. Cats. Definitely. Yeah. So they don't have to do this jump in and jump out. It's awkward. Right. It's like ugh, that corner over there. They don't want to they don't want to go in a corner without some substrate that they can scratch around. They want to scratch around. I mean, you know, they'd love to be in the garden or in some sand. So right. a quality litter that clumps and and does capture the odor because of the, the chemical nature of it, but doesn't cover it with a smell. Or not using a covered litter box. I mean, how many of your clients at Animal Behavior College have covered litter boxes? Those are tricky for cats. Yeah. They they are. And so all of these things fall under the heading of what we would call behavior modification. It It is a form. It is a form of training. Okay, uh, as is being aware of environmental changes. So we won't do the whole thing on litter because you asked some other questions. That, the counter. That I, I See, I call that will, human will training. I call what we're talking well, about it's all, it's human, all human behavior modification. Human. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, please give the cat in its environment something that's appropriate to the feline species. Counter jumping mm-hmm. is a tricky one. I, what I don't like, yes. and I know you're a very positive reinforcement trainer and the whole animal behavior college that trains trainers, which is pretty cool um, and and helps people find an accredited, properly trained human trainer is to not do aversives. So all the things that people were taught about cats, put sticky tape on the edge of your counter because they hate the feeling and then they'll jump off or cover your entire gigantic island in your kitchen with aluminum foil or squirt them with lemon water. It's like, uh, yeah, no, that's not training. So talk about the opposite of that idea about cat training. Well, in actuality, that, that is training. It's just it's just not necessarily the kind of training that you ever want to start. Well said. You're right. Um, Okay. I mean, there 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 certainly can be a place for adversives in training, but you have to be very very careful, and it should never be be careful not to not to cause either emotional or physical harm, of course, and it should never be the the first the first step you take because it's not the most effective way to train, and it can it can cause it can cause challenges. Um, you know, that being said, when you're dealing with when you're dealing with with jumping on counters, I mean, there can be several reasons why cats jump on counters. I mean, sometimes it, it's the obvious, which is that there's often food yes. left on the counter yes. that, that they can get to. And so some of this 
needs to be about, again, the pet parents, the owners being more conscious. You have to realize that cats are exactly like us when it comes to rewarded behaviors. We do much of what we do because on some level we get reward for it. That reinforces the behavior, which makes it likely to happen again. Cats are the same way. If they're jumping on the, on, on the, uh, on the counter and they get a reward, which is food, they're going to keep jumping on the counter. Right. So the first step to dealing with this is, and I, I, I realize it might not be what everybody wants to hear because everybody wants the magic solution, which is why, by the way, so many people automatically orient towards adversive techniques. You know, if I can just put foil on the counter right. and that teaches the cat to stay off, boom, problem solved. Um, so you don't want to use that approach, and, and I recommend against that approach. You're going to have to retrain yourself, and you're going to need to keep food off that counter for weeks at a time. Well, how about okay, permanently? So then, People don't have to leave the butter out or a loaf of bread. No. I mean, put your food away, <laughs> no, people. Put the bread in a bread box if you must keep it up. That's keep right. everything else in the fridge. Keep a nice, clean counter. And by the way, even the residue of an odor. Cats have a fantastic yes. sniffer. People think that's just sniffer dogs. There are sniffer cats. So wipe it down. Give it a squirt with some nice, you know, uh, environmentally friendly squirt. And keep it clean and have things up there. You could keep a banana or some fruit in a bowl, right? I've never heard of a cat like, oh, great, a tangerine. But you just can't have Not anything. Not generally big fruit fans. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's safe if you want to have a decorative bowl of fruit. You don't have to have that's food right. out there. If people don't have to graze. If people say, oh, the children need snacks. No, they don't. Children don't need snacks. Everyone right. eats too many snacks, the dogs and the humans and the cats. Everyone's eating right. too many snacks. I completely agree. So, we're, we're, so you're changing you're changing that up to eliminate the reward the cat is going to get for going up on the counter. There are other reasons, though, why cats go on counters. Not always food related. Often, but not always. Cats tend to like high places. Exactly. It's safe for them. Yep. Okay. And so, for a lot of people, this might also be about getting a treat. Thank a you. Treat. Okay. A place where they can go, where they can feel safe. Their safe space. Okay, um, you do that, and there's an excellent possibility that a lot of the jumping on counters, which is really to them not a counter, just a high place where they can look down on the world. Yes, they'll be able to. They'll be so. So that's that's a, that is an often very successful way to alleviate this behavior. Again, I, I want to stress the fact that for a lot of this stuff, aside from having patience, it's rare. There's really a magic, a magic button or a magic bullet. Okay. Yes, eliminating the food off the counter uh, will certainly be a big thing, but it might not be the only thing. You might need a cat tree as well. Well, how okay? about how about the built-in cat tree in most kitchens? It's called the refrigerator. So if you put a secured a nice soft landing on top of your fridge, and nothing else needs to be on top of your fridge, including that same loaf of bread, by the way, the cat. Can And you can put a stool in some vicinity so the cat, you can teach the cat with tr positive treats, right. jump on the stool, jump on the top of the fridge. Awesome. That cat's now higher than you and everybody else in the room. And that is what they wanted. So as long as yes. you put, call it the piece of carpet, but it can be the shearling, the something that you have double-sided tape, something to hold it up there. It's a great place for cat or cats even to congregate. Then they aren't walking through the flour that you're using to roll that's out your dough, right? Yep, that's, that, is, that is exactly right. And so what you're doing is you're understanding environmentally what they need. 
and you're giving it to them in a way that is not conflicting with your needs. Okay, if that yes, makes any sense at all. So you much. understand they need to go to a higher place, you give them a higher place. By the way, once you've done all that, then if you want to use mild adversive, say, for example, a lemon scent on the counter, nothing caustic, nothing dangerous, because they don't generally like the, right. the, the, the scent of citrus, that's, that's perfectly fine. Okay, and but don't use cool it on them. About that. Use it on no, the counter. Don't squirt them. them. But they use there used to be right. all kinds of people saying squirt them. Another thing you can no. do, unless you think it makes a, a rupture in the the human feline bond, is to clap your hands and say off. And then when they go off, drop a treat on the floor for them. I don't know. Do you think that that falls into the kind of gray area? Um, I I don't think it I don't think it's a horrible thing. I think the challenge you run into there is one of consistency. Right. Good uh, point. If, if Kitty jumps on the counter 15 times and you catch catch him or her three times, all that means is is that 12 times Got the cat was on the yeah. counter and right. Happy as so at be. best the cat simply learns to just not do it when you're around. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, if, if you have a cat consistently jumping up on the counter, you have to ask yourself why. It's the why that needs to be addressed in dealing with any behavioral challenge. With which, a, with by a the cat way, is exactly or with any animal? The same. With a cat, with a dog, with a person. Right. Okay. It's mm-hmm. all, in that respect, it's very similar. Okay. And, and now with cats, you know, you just have to, so that just entails having a little bit of an understanding about them, what their, what their typical needs are, what their instinctive needs are. Okay, uh, and then and then being able to substitute acceptable behavior for unacceptable behavior. If they're going to scratch, teach them to scratch right. on Elsewhere. a proper yeah. post. I think if they're going I think to that jump the, if they yeah. want high places. Let them. Yeah, I so. think the theory behind what you're saying is perfect. I I do direct people to go to the Animal College, the Animal Behavior College website. Learn more about all the the ways that you can become a better cat owner, maybe you become a cat trainer, maybe you become a pet sitter. What you're doing on behalf of cats is terrific, Steve. You've done it on behalf of dogs. Thanks. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but the, the kitties of America thank you for helping their people understand them better. That is my pleasure. Everybody should understand cats are absolutely trainable. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by cat water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.